Hi, I'm Louise Nets. Welcome to a special bonus episode of In The Loop with Louise and Yasmin. Last week, I interviewed Chicago artist Emma Moss about the signage and art she makes for businesses around town. There was so much great stuff that we discussed that didn't fit into the hour, but I couldn't bear to leave it to rot on my desktop. We talked movie adaptations of musicals, mermaids, pigeons with thumbs for feet, and even the time she did a performance art piece where she baked loaves of bread children and then feasted on them with her friends. Find Emma and her work on Instagram at Emma. that's M-I-S-H-E-M-M-A. So see you next Friday. But in the meantime, enjoy this fun interview with Emma Moss. I know I did. Just so, hi Emma. Welcome. Hi. Um, so th- when I first noticed the stuff that you do was when I was, I went to Whole Foods because my boyfriend works there. And uh, I went there and I saw all of the Goose Island gooses that you did. And they were so charming and awesome i love every time i see them they just brighten my day <laughs> thank you the one there's one with a little bandana and of course we can't forget the pussy hat the pussy hat so was good so iconic, popular iconic everyone loves it no i was actually i was i was wondering if i you know based on the hat they were going to be wearing if it would affect the sales of said uh variant of goose island people get that one i don't i don't i don't know if there was any science behind that but it still made me happy when people would be like, yes, 2017, pussy hat. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so this is like kind of cliche, but where did it all start for you with drawing and art and stuff like that? Did you have a really great teacher or did you have kids in your class asking you like to draw them all the time? Where did it, where did that start? It was a really young impulse for me. Like as a, as a really young kid, I used to wake up and I would have to draw a couple pictures before doing anything that day, and particularly animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kind were of, your favorites? Oh my god! I'm, I'm like I have volumes of of kids books, like kid drawing. I mean, they were sketchbooks, but I called them like my zoos. Aww. <laughs> I was a big Lion King kid, and you still have them? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, and so. Animals oh, were animals. always a thing, drawing animals. Yeah, um, that's cool. And where, so your style is like very cartoonish, but also fun and light. And what's your inspiration? Like where, um, what kind of things do you pull from? Are there specific cartoons or people that you like or? Yeah, actually, I, f- I really feel like we're in a golden age of like animated media. Totally. Um, and I am absolutely a sucker for uh animated movies and tv shows like miyazaki films uh i love adventure time and steven universe and yeah there's just there's a lot of great stuff out there right now that's really cool um one of the thing big things i wanted to talk to you about kind of um and we can go into some of your other work later too but you do a lot of like menu boards and windows for people's shops and stuff like that and and characters for people and signs to pull people into stores and stuff like that. You know, with a lot of marketing materials that you see nowadays, it's like a whole team worked on the design for it. And I feel like half of it is not as compelling or um, memorable to me as the stuff that you make. Why do you think that is? 
that's a that's a really good question um and the irony every single day of working at whole foods um which is a company that actually once amazon took over Mm -hmm. they got rid of the store graphic artist position Mm -hmm. which is kind of why i started there in the first place yeah uh and so i still don't really know what i'm doing right now but they they made a, a move towards corporate mass produced you know like one sign that goes in 800 stores versus you know an artist that was in each individual location giving yeah. a personal touch to every you know community store so i i still personally value uh just having the human touch of something, doing something handwritten, I think it's always going to catch your eye more than the printed word. Yeah, definitely. And do you think there are other stores that are still valuing that kind of, I don't know if maybe Trader Joe's still has a position like that? Yeah, that is that is a good thing. I know that there are still stores out there. Um, I, I have gotten sort of stuck uh, feeling like I owe Whole Foods my allegiance because they give me health insurance. Yeah. That's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. That's the world we live in. Like, I'm diabetic, and I can't, I literally cannot (laughs) afford my life-giving insulin without giving my soul to the Bezos machine. (laughs) It is, it is existent. It is very present, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I think that there are so many things that I've noticed in the store um, and also, if I've seen your stuff around town, that I notice it and I, I really remember it like like the goose and I'm like, wow, if Goose Island picked that up. You I'm know? curious if one of their reps actually saw that or not. I like tagged them we're in it on Instagram. It Everybody on Instagram, we're putting it on our stories. <laughs> we're getting it out there. We're getting Goose Island's attention. Because I feel like, you know, sign makers used to be a whole profession. It truly, and it's it's hasn't gone away. I think it's just not as valued today mm-hmm. as it once was, given that we do have technology that can mass produce uh, signs and and big corporate things. Yeah. Do you think it sort of follows in the vein of how we're trying to sort of get the human touch out of everything? I mean, you look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I look at for example um like Apple marketing products, you know. It's very sleek, black and white. That's kind of the style. But what do you think we we lose with marketing materials like that? It uh, you you mentioned the human, the human touch. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's it's so perfect. It's pristine and it's this ideal that not anybody can quite live up to but I mean it's it's very sleek and sexy um but it always strikes me too whenever clients of mine um will hire me to do like a handwritten sign and I'm like you could just get this printed on vinyl probably quicker um and it would look neater I mean it's not gonna look hand done but they're like no no I want I want hand done, particularly coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a couple of, and they tend to focus. I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of all coffee shops, but like, there's such a drive in 
your local coffee shop to uh, cultivate community. And I really feel like coffee shop owners tend to value that hand-done, hand... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Do you think that um, there's something... Do you think that there's something that artists... Do you think artists should be reaching out to local businesses more? Do you think that businesses should be placing more of an... um, more of a focus on having like a local art presence in their store because i know that a lot of businesses you know they they display a lot of local art Mm -hmm. you know um and even sell some of like help artists sell that kind of thing but do you think that's something maybe artists should be pursuing more in the community i think it's a conversation Mm -hmm. um yes absolutely that would be great if every business owner reached out to their local artist but i think it's you know it's a two-way street Um, And I know when I'm out at a new business and I will see a really rough hand-done sign and I'll just like, you know, politely, lovingly be like, hey, just want to let you know, like, this is something I do if you're looking to change up what you're doing and maybe give it a little bit more of a professional but not robotic touch. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a service I can provide. Yeah, totally. Um, So one of the fun things, too, is... I noticed on your feed you were talking about how 2019 was, just in your own personal work, was the year of mermaids for you. What is it about mermaids that you love so much? Not just mermaids, uh, but I've I've always felt uh, affinity for, like, mythical creatures Mm -hmm. and mythology and lore and the the supernatural and the uncanny i just think it's like a delicious source of inspiration yeah Um, what about mermaids in particular though Uh, i mean it's (laughs) something it's uh they're they're creature that's recognizable um you know it you love it i was trying out just personal challenge to do mermaid which is like a inktober style yeah uh drawing challenge i didn't make every day but it was like a fun personal uh obstacle for me to be like all right i'm i'm at least gonna try um and i found that that was like a renewably interesting uh art source for me mermaids in particular uh i feel a personal affinity towards the reverse mermaid like a fish on top and a lady (laughs) on bottom yes like in a spirit animal <laughs> sense um so it just it's a it's a i feel like it all tickles us, my personal fancy yeah i feel like all of us who are a little bit unconventional we feel a kinship with the top fish bottom human mermaid. yeah like really really just like yeah i am a you know a mythical creature awesome but also like i'm a, slightly I'm a, awkward i'm a walking mess <laughs> yes yeah. so what connection? I want to talk about your water tower project a little bit. Thanks. So, um, what's your connection to musical theater? First of all, were you a big part of musical theater, or was yeah. that a big part of your life? <laughs> it it was, it was, and you know, I still appreciate it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a history in the sense that first, I grew up uh, in a musical family. My mom is a musician and a singer, and so I was always exposed to musicals like driving somewhere in the car we'd be listening to west side story and like my very first musical was that i saw on broadway was cats the musical <gasps> me too that's oh the my thing God. that's the thing one of my coworkers at whole foods yes. can like recite the whole thing i have a video oh my to God. show don't you don't you hate that people hate it 
not to go off the rails a little bit. It's but I feel the need to defend it. It's freaky. It's a freaky, freaky show, <laughs> and it's got a special place in my I heart. I know. It was the first show that I I didn't see it on Broadway, but it was the first like real musical I saw that wasn't at a local theater. You know, when I was a kid, and I just remember seeing Mr. Mistopheles and saying, this is the penultimate end-all be-all of entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when everybody started ripping on on the movie, which I still haven't seen because I do. Oh, Okay. Oh, please do. It's a it's a hot mess. Well, when everyone started ripping on it, even though I hadn't seen it, I had the felt I felt the need to say, "Well, you guys, you haven't you haven't seen the musical. The musical is great." <laughs> um, yeah, you don't know. There's a lot of heart to it. There's a lot. I I did see the movie, and I like in the theater. So it was like this almost Rocky Horror. Uh, experience mm-hmm. seeing it in theaters because the whole audience like slowly divulged into like audibly heckling what we were collectively experiencing oh, <laughs> the no. nightmare that we were all you know hallucinating together but there are certain musical choices in that movie that uh, deviate from the original show and right. I, was, I was livid <laughs> I was so mad like was, what parts oh my god they um, what it Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser they changed the musicality of that whole song. They no. took away, in my opinion, uh, what made it so like fun and quirky. And it's it's just like it makes you ill to sit. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk. I'm going to talk about South Park for the second week in a row for a second. Awesome. But it kind of reminds me of that episode where they talk about how they're trying to update movies for yes. for. I think it was like 2003 at the time, but do you think it was a case of they were trying to update this thing that was from, when is it, from like the 70s oh or 80s? Yeah, 70s or 80s. They're trying to update it to 2020 and just didn't work. Yeah. Do you think we're that gonna was the Taylor problem? We're going to put Taylor Swift in it. We're going to put uh, Rebel Wilson. And... Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Please see it. It's, it's It was the most delicious garbage. So I like I loved hating it. We could talk. We could do a whole section about just Broadway musicals turning into movies. Yeah, because very clunkily. Us on the musical side, we want people to get it, and then when they don't, it's heartbreaking. It is, and is, and like I said, Cats is freaky. It's weird. Yeah, but there are heartfelt moments. There are. There's a reason it ran so long. On Broadway, and, right? You know, it's still continuing. Yeah, there's little nuggets of, of good art mm-hmm. in there. So, and speaking of Broadway musicals turning into movies, and kind of what we're going to talk about with the Water Tower, Into the Woods. Yes. The film. Yes. Thoughts. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, first off, the show. Yeah. Before we get to the film, because <sighs> movie adaptation. So right. They're bad. Right. <laughs> they're generally bad. And this is a, a thing <laughs> I've dragged my my sweet boyfriend into is is forcing him to watch uh bad bad musicals, bad movie musicals. Hairspray. Hairspray. Uh <laughs> particularly most recently we watched uh I forget the year it Shrek came the out. Musical. No, the Donnie Osmond Joseph, Joseph? and the Amazing <laughs> Please watch that. It's on YouTube and it's 
I like it's so hard. I I cried. I I have the costume choices, (laughs) and I like. He was like, "Wait, why do you know all the words to this?" And I was like, "Well, I was in a production when I was younger." Because every every girl who was ever in high school theater has done Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. And they had a cow head on their head, and they. And they also did Into the Woods. Yeah, yeah. And they, hmm, what else? Oh, my God. Well, it's like, you mentioned Hairspray. Right. I, I knew, I had, had it on my little old school iPod mm-hmm. in high school. Yep. I did musical theater in high school. Okay. Um, And funnily, and funnily, is that a word? Sure. Uh, strangely enough, you, you enter high school, I'm also speaking generally, the general you, um... It's a time where you're like, who am I? What am I? What am I defined as? And I, right. I was entering from. I've been like in and out of private schools my whole life, like small, small schools, and then like big public schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always a really strange comparison. And so I went from a teeny tiny little private school, seventh and eighth grade, to a ginormous public high school, and so much of. The culture there was like, you are what you do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've always been the art kid. Maybe it's time to do something different. And yeah. like, like m- music and singing was always something that was sort of there mm-hmm. on the side. I, I was doing like choirs and whatever. Um, yeah, I got more into it in high school just as a sort of way to try something different, try yeah. on a different outfit. And my heart wasn't totally in it Mm -hmm. but I had like teachers and peers being like well you're good at this just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it like if you don't love it right and I learned that the hard way uh when I actually got a scholarship for a vocal performance uh degree what what's the word um, I got a scholarship at Lawrence University to study okay. at their conservatory, uh, studying vocal performance, mm-hmm. uh, which was cool and awesome and validating. And like, yes, you're good at this. Oh my God. But freshman year, it was like opening the harsh blinds of reality to be like, you don't love this though. And like, in order to succeed... Yeah. In any sort of arts, you got to love what you do. Mm-hmm. And there was like a moment I was in a music practice room, like going through warm ups and stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm putting in the time in this little box of a room. And I would so much rather be putting in that same sort of effort doing art, doing mm-hmm. something I love. I had a roommate at the time who was in art classes. I was so jealous of her. And, you know, I've always heard from people, too. It's like the people who make it aren't the people who are necessarily the best. It's the people who want it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that drive, that passion. Yeah. But but Into the Woods. So could you tell me a little bit <laughs> about this project you did with the Water Tower? Absolutely. And it, it coincides with that freshman year of college, realizing that music wasn't for me. But particular, there was a production of Into the Woods uh, that my school did that year. I spent a lot of time listening to the Bernadette Peters version of You yeah. Are Not Alone. <gasps> just weeping, <laughs> weeping. Because <laughs> you feel so alone and you're like, I don't know if this is right for me. I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. But I just, I think that that is a really 
it's a cool, cool musical that I didn't really give credit to when I was younger. I think because I only saw like either the junior versions or I fell asleep in the second act, but the second act There's is, a lot of grown-up themes in it. The second act is where it all comes toppling down, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the gravitas of that particular show, like, that's where the impact is. Yeah. Because the first one, yes, stories you've heard, it's all the fun stuff, blah, 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 and it's setting it up to answer the question, like, okay, what happens next? Mm-hmm. We talk about happily ever after, but, like, then what? Right. Yeah, so it it hit me. It hit me because it's like forging your own path, defining who you are, um, facing a world of uncertainties. That that feels so real and so now. So and how did that translate visually into your project? Hmm. I was thinking a lot about uh, like paper cut art, particularly for the trees on the bottom. Yeah, Um, and it was like a model of the water tower, right? Yeah, so it was for the... I'm I'm bad. I'm a bad artist. Uh, they sent me all kinds of info about why they were doing this. They I can't. I'm not totally sure who they was. It was like I'll the Water out. Tower Association. Uh, but it was for something. They had a bunch of models, and I was already. I'm on a mailing list right now for Chicago public artists because mm-hmm. I've done a couple of of like Chicago Police Association. They do, like, canines every now and then. They're, like, the police dogs. Yeah, Yeah. I've done two of those. Um, So I got, like, booted into this mailing list. They're like, do you want to do a water tower? I was like, yes, absolutely. Not realizing that there are so many nooks and crannies and not really (laughs) pleasant to paint edges on a a small replica of the Chicago water tower. Um, But... In my mind, it was like, yeah, oh, totally, easy project. And I liked, given, you know, the actual architecture of it is tiered. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to do, like, different facets of different stories on each tier. Yeah. Leading up to, you know, a night sky that everybody's under. And looking at it, too, there were so many, you did different sides, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, looking at it, too, it was just so... I hate using the word whimsical because I feel like it's cliche. I'm but, for this given project, I accept that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going for. Yeah, and, and uh, enchanting. Enchanting. But yeah, I I thought it was really great how you could translate the emotions and feelings of the show into your visual representations of it. You know, especially when the show's been done hundreds of thousands of times. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um. So I think your love for it really. Shro- like showed through in Thank your you. in your representation um what do you hope that when people see your stuff like when they're going to their favorite coffee shop down the street or they're coming to whole foods or they're seeing your stuff as you know street art like what do you hope that they get out of it that's that's a great question because there's so much beyond my control as an artist of what people are going to take away from it mm-hmm but, you know, if anybody just stops and it catches their eye and makes them think or feel something, that's, I think, any artist's goal. It's just a, just a feel. And I know for me, the work I create, I, I will fixate on ideas. Um, sometimes 
they're not fun ideas, but like usually it's something I'm like hee hee hee. Like some little like, hee hee hee. Yeah. And I think that's that's more like the cartoonist in me. Uh and then uh, you know, creating something that draws you in and if if anybody else can feel drawn into that little like tee hee. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess in a in a metaphorical sense for people to feel like they are privy to an inside joke (laughs) that's an awesome way of putting it that would be cool totally i totally feel a part of the gooses yes they're in my mind always every time i you know the little rosie the riveter goose too i actually when i was that's one of my favorite ones because i was trying to do i was trying to do rosie i was going for it and then it absolutely came out looking like tupac (laughs) you know oh no this is a goose for all audiences right right (laughs) and so i was like oh no like what are people gonna think and then i was like you know what it doesn't matter you know what we're getting either goose island or affleck on the phone i don't care (laughs) we need we need duck slash geese people yes Oh my god, yes. The only step up for me from that would be if you did some pigeons, because pigeons are coming in vogue right now. That's that's wild that you say that, because there's a piece of pigeon art in my bedroom right now that my college roommate, my beloved college roommate, I, I hope them. she's well, she lives in uh, Minnesota right now, but we were in this drawing class together, mm-hmm. and the professor was prompting us to just do iterations on a theme pretty pretty vague um <laughs> and her and i went wildly different directions i just did like a weird series of garden gnomes um Love it. yeah i'll show you later but she did like a series of thumbs thumbs in weird scenarios there were like thumbs wearing party hats and like <laughs> thumbs as a cityscape yes and the piece of hers that i fell in love with and actually we did like a art swap exchange yeah. uh is a pigeon with thumbs for feet standing next to a rubik's cube <laughs> and it's done in like beautiful like conte cran uh like neutral tones yes i think it's profound because you don't you don't even notice the thumbs at first unless you're looking it's like, and you're like it's like dadaist almost yeah, yeah yeah and that that i also cling to as an artist yeah these like these things where they just you're like what or you're I like, live for I that. am that pigeon. I, I live am for that, that thumbed pigeon. <laughs> you know, and the, those are the things people like me need because I feel like we should be valuing art like that more right now. I feel like people tend to poo-poo it saying, that's dumb. Why would you do that? That doesn't matter. But in this age where we're so overwhelmed and tired and exhausted and distracted all the time, having a moment to just look at something and be like, huh, that's awesome. I is... saw a quote recently. I'm trying to remember, like, the context of the quote. It was printed in, like, a magazine or something. But it was like, we don't need any more dentist office art. We need weird art. Mm-hmm. Weird art. Uh, and I love that because uh, it's, like, my my home is full of pretty, pretty weird art. Yeah. I'm grateful to live with somebody who also appreciates that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's why I love, I I took a beat literature class this year, and that's why I've been loving, like, a lot of Dadaist work mm-hmm. and poetry. Yeah, the and, absurd, the and, surreal. Yeah, yeah, and and even though it, it takes me off the planet for a little bit, and 
that it's it's totally mm-hmm. worth it to me. But what are you looking forward to going into 2020? Um, I have a couple cool gigs actually lined up um, that uh, <laughs> am I allowed to talk about? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm going to be doing, I'm revisiting uh, a place that I actually used to work, mm-hmm. um, this wonderful bakery on the North Shore that I'm happy to plug right now. Cause yeah, do it. They're the best. They're the coolest. Um, Julie Mathay and Ellen King started this absolute gem of a bread and pastry emporium called Hewn Bakery um, that as of right now is located on Dempster Street in Mm -hmm. Evanston but they are upsizing they're upgrading they're growing they're spreading their wings I love them a lot Um, and they I will also attribute gave me my first uh, sign gig Oh, cool. My very what was first it? menu board was listing all the, the breads that were available cool. at Hewn Bakery and then like a stalk of wheat. And then I did their coffee board and then some of their client, like Evanston business clients would come in and be like, oh, that looks pretty good. Like, who did that? And it, that's how my business grew. Like they yeah. planted the seed right there. So it's coming full circle because I, I left that, um, I no longer work for the bakery, but uh, a couple weeks ago, one of the owners reached out and was like, we're moving into this new space and we need menu boards. Ta-da! Wow. That's, do you know what they're going to look like yet? How, do you have ideas? <laughs> I'm, I keep resisting the urge to pull up my phone and show you <laughs> pictures. This is a weird yes. medium for me because I'm, I'm much I more visual yeah. than uh See, I'm, I'm picture stupid, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I had to take a smartphone photo class so that I could cover events and get a halfway decent photo that doesn't look like it was taken on like a 70 year old ipad so (laughs) that's good i mean that's a useful skill you know yeah yes uh i do know what the space is supposed to look like i also got a little tour of where it is now it's going to open the like they're aiming for the first week of april check it out hewn brand opening it's gonna be yeah it's on central street in evanston it's gonna rock uh the bread is amazing cool and uh they have now like a just beautiful spacious production facility Mm -hmm. it's like they bought two buildings sort of they're like back to back and the front end is going to be all like point of sale stuff and a whole cool huge pastry case that will make you drool forever the best truly like can i yes (laughs) pull up this instagram yes like it's bread porn to the most extreme bread and pastry porn i love it what was your when when you worked you worked there right i did work there so what was your favorite thing to get when you worked there because it's having having a fresh baked pastry like an hour old like even just something as simple as like a plain croissant yeah there's nothing like it (laughs) there's nothing like it uh but then when it comes to, like, shelf life and mm. doing your own thing with it, like, making sandwiches on their breads. Yeah. Crazy good. Let's see. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, also, Mythical Creatures, huge inspiration for me. But I have this weird history with bread, too. Um, if you'll <laughs> indulge me. Oh, my God. Because uh, when I was in college. Yeah. Ube croissant. Ube croissant. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> I'm freaking out over these pastries. So when I was in college, um, my senior year, I was part of a food co-op for the like mm-hmm. uh, environmental group at my school. And it meant that like once a week I was cooking a meal for 18 people. Wow. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really loved it. And, that, you know, I love community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love, I, I liked the way that providing nourishment to the people I care about felt. Yeah. But particularly when it came to bread and the labor involved and like the process of uh, creating a starter, fermenting it, and then kneading it into something, you're like putting your, putting <laughs> like the physical, yeah, like the physical e- thing the about physical it. effort, and then, you know, having this beautiful thing rise and then sharing it mm-hmm. with people you love. I've never felt more maternal. You know, I think that's a perfect metaphor of what you're doing in your art anyway, because, you know, you could go to the store and get a loaf of bread that was made by a machine. You know, you could get a sign that you printed out using Microsoft Word, or you could get this beautiful artisan product, you know, that has has love and real, you know, um, human effort put into it, just like your signs. You know, and that just makes it so. I'm so glad much you more get it. Enjoyable, no, yeah. You totally get it. Yeah, yeah. So, so bread is really special. I did actually, I did a performance art piece about bread, uh, because of this. I couldn't like I, a lot of my artwork will start from ideas based on like I feel weird about this one thing or like I've got a weird feeling about when people insist at Whole Foods that I serve them water even though we have plastic cups and a water fountain. Like, right. I have an upcoming piece about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was like fixating on um, the maternal aspect of baking bread. Mm -hmm. And I did all this crazy research about like the history and the socioeconomic impact of bread and how like the word companion breaks down compan with bread and every single culture there's some sort of like starchy bread-like staple Mm. at the center of every culture's cuisine because it's just it's like a universal thing these little bread babies and even then too like the bread babies yeah (laughs) like chronos eating his children and mythology oh my god something bread-like about that yeah uh so my performance art piece my senior year um i woke up very very early one morning and i baked like five loaves of bread and then i invited this whole art class that i was part of to join me in the birthday party the bread birthday party we were celebrating the birth of these breads yes and like there was party hats and music and everything yeah and we were like (laughs) And I talked a lot about bread to this this crowd of people, and then we all we we ate, we feasted, we feasted on my my bread children. <laughs> um, ironically, yes. so even after me, you know, in depth explaining that these were a labor of love, and I see mm-hmm. them as my children now. Please enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know. bread is rad. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to like coming to that store and oh seeing my God, what you do with it. Do. Please do. I'm looking forward to that too. It's also uh, 
right like two blocks away from another coffee shop that I just did uh, their boards for and I also love the coffee community through that uh, Mm -hmm. it's a small it's like a three-store chain called Backlot Coffee okay Uh, and they are lovely owned by a really really nice guy Um, I think that they're doing really cool and honest work and that store in particular has a mural by one of my like local heroes uh, Jay Ryan does really you've probably seen his stuff he's like all over okay. the place I'm gonna pull that up cool. on Instagram too um, I think his Instagram is the bird machine yep yeah, I guarantee you've seen his stuff but he's like a local dad oh yeah yeah like he does a lot of squirrels yes. um, a lot of uh, band posters oh my god cool that's a cool gig I'd love to break into, too, is doing, band like, posters. Gig, band posters, gig posters. Well, Columbia is the place to start, dude. Hey. Um, but, yeah, cool. Well, I feel like, you know, at some point, if you have time, we should do a segment on mu- movie adaptations of musicals. Oh, my God. Because I feel like we have so much more to say and not the time to say it. That's a rich vein. It is. It is. <laughs> and I feel like there We need to reschedule so once you people. see Cats the musical. I know. And there are so many... I just want to defend it against... <laughs> We've seen so many people who don't understand the art form, you know, not staying in their lane here. Yeah. <laughs> we need... I have actually a really mm. funny memory mm-hmm. of um, my freshman year in college, and there was um, a girl in, like, a medical single right across uh-huh. the hall. She had uh, had a sports-related injury. She was, like, a very serious jock, was, like, on the soccer team, uh, the kind of person I am personally very intimidated by. Sorry, sports people. Um, <laughs> and we didn't talk much. Yeah. But somehow she knew that I was, at the time, musical, <laughs> you know, doing uh, voice stuff. And so she knocked on my door one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she was, like, tore her ACL and was in a cast and hobbled up to my door. And she's like, hey, do you have any musicals on DVD? <laughs> I really enjoy watching them. And that's all I'm, I'm able to do right now. <laughs> and I, and I, it I started like, a long and binding friendship. <laughs> yeah, it, it surprised me deeply. Yeah, because I think you don't necessarily have to have been in musicals to appreciate them. Yeah, totally. As um, is, is what that showed me. And frankly, if you are in or have been in musicals like me, and you spend the whole time being like, "When is this gonna get fun?" <laughs> I know, but that was high school for me. I did too many productions where I, I kept waiting for it to become enjoyable mm-hmm. and like the the rush of actually performing and like doing that is great that's great that's a great feeling but like the months the dance hall the months of preparation not my favorite and the months of feeling like you're the underappreciated one you're like i'm talented and and the directors didn't notice that because they put What's her face in that role? And I yeah. can't believe it. What what role did you play in Into the Woods? You didn't say that. Oh, I wasn't in Into the Woods. Oh, but my, okay. I my mom were. was in a and was in like a touring okay. production of it when I was a kid. Oh, cool. Yeah. And she Um, I think she did Cinderella. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well yeah. so thank you so much for coming in. This was great. I feel like I just got another idea. We've gotta do 
movie adaptations of musicals and also musical adaptations of things that already exist. Yes, yes. Like Spongebob musicals in there. Oh, absolutely. You know, stuff like that. So Mean yeah. Girls is in there. I have a friend in high school who was in the Broadway run of no Mean No way! Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know people. Okay. Um, that's another fun Instagram cool. to show you. All right, well... Uh, we'll be right back here on In The Loop uh, on WCRX FM 88.1, Chicago's Underground. Thanks again to Emma for coming on the show. And find her and her work on Instagram at Emma. That's M-I-S-H-E-M-M-A. Follow us and the show on social media at WCRX FM, and we'll see you on our regular show on Friday at 3 p.m. on 88.1 WCRX FM, Chicago's Underground.